Amen. If you would, grab your Bibles. We'll go to an absolutely non-Christmas message passage, Zephaniah. Zephaniah, chapter 3. If you don't know where Zephaniah is, it's right after Habakkuk. That is always helpful, right there. Zephaniah chapter 3. Zephaniah chapter 3. And uh, honestly, this is not at all a Christmas message. Uh, I was not planning on preaching this week. Pastor Legault has his appointment tomorrow. So I am filling in. So I was looking at some things. And the Lord didn't give me any peace about any of the Christmas things I was looking at. And uh, I obviously was not going to take from the series that I'm doing on Sunday. Uh, and so Zephaniah 3, uh, I think this will just be, if, if, if you want some encouragement tonight, I need some, all right? So I decided I was preaching on this, and the Lord said, okay. So that's how we did it tonight. I thought, Lord, I want to do that, and he said, that's fine with me. I said, okay, that sounds good to me, if that's good with you. Zephaniah 3, verse uh, number Number five is where we're going to be, uh, Zephaniah 3, verse 5. And uh, you'll notice in the passage, everything looks terrible, all right? Verse number one, it's a filthy and a polluted city, right? Uh, it's oppressing. Uh, people aren't obeying. There's no correction. There's, the princes are terrible. The prophets are worse, right? I mean, that's just the situation. Now you get to verse number five. And it says, the just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. He faileth not. But the unjust knoweth no shame. Uh, you know, everything else can be awful. And then the Lord is in the midst. And he is not like everybody else. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't do iniquity. He never has and he never will. And then he says, every morning he brings his judgment to light. If you want to know what the Lord thinks about the situation, he'll bring it to light. It's just what he does. Uh, you open the pages every morning, right? Aren't you supposed to be in the Bible every morning? You open the pages and what do you find? You find God's judgment upon the world. Upon the situation, you find his wisdom and his understanding and his judgments, and his you you find the precepts of God as you start looking at the pages of a Bible, and you open it up, and then he says this wonderful little phrase right here: "He faileth not." I'm gonna preach about him. He, he faileth not, and so let's have a word of prayer, and uh, I'm just gonna brag tonight on how wonderful God is. Oh, Lord, I do I come before you tonight, and we do pray you would. I just bless the service. Bless everything that's said and done, that Jesus Christ would be high and lifted up and praised. We just thank you so much for, uh, Father, your faithfulness. What a wonder it is to have a God who is so faithful when we are so unfaithful a lot of times. And so, Father, I do pray you would uh, be with me as I preach. Help me, Lord, to just say what you want me to say, nothing more and nothing less, that Jesus Christ would have preeminence in all that's done. And Lord, we pray you would bless our service tonight. We love you. Father, I do pray you would come back soon to take us home. We pray it'd be tonight.
But Father, if not, I pray you'd help us to be faithful to you until you do sound that trumpet and call us home. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look back over at Genesis. We're going to kind of jump around a bit uh, tonight. Genesis chapter 47. Genesis chapter 47. You realize there are a lot of things in this life that fail. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that don't hold up the way you want them to hold up. Uh, you, would love, you would love for your vehicle to last forever with no maintenance, right? Brother James would hate that, but the rest of us would love that, uh, right? You would love it if the fridge never needed replacing and, the, and just every, you just wish you, you bought one and it was over with. Uh, you never had to buy another pair of shoes again in your life. You just bought the right ones and that was it. You never have to do it. Everything fails eventually. It, there comes a time when it just doesn't hold up any longer. And here in Genesis 47, we're going to see the first thing that, that uh, we find that fails. Uh, obviously, mankind failed in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, but physical things, he says here in Genesis chapter 47, you know what's happening, right? Joseph is now second only to Pharaoh in the land of Egypt. He's been brought out of bondage, out of prison there, and he's been set up, and he is uh, fulfilling all the prophecy of what he had said would happen here in the years of famine now have come. And he says in verse number 12, And Joseph nourished his father and his brethren and all his father's household with bread according to their families, and there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very sore, so that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the corn which he, brought, which he bought, uh, which they bought, I'm sorry. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house, and when money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came out of Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in thy presence, for the money faileth? And Joseph said, Give your cattle, and I will give your, for your cattle if money fail." And they brought their cattle, you know, and so on. And they, they keep, they'll give everything just so, they can, just so they can have food. Because money meant nothing by that point. Uh, money failed. Uh, we're living in a day when money fails real quick, uh, right? Things are just, they just fly out. I mean, just you look around, you turn around, you're like, wow, I didn't realize that could be that expensive ever, right? Uh, I mean, your grocery bill's gone through, everything's gone through the roof. I was just, we're, we're doing some stuff over at the missions home. Uh, getting it ready to move in, and uh, I told Brother Bacon, I said, I have never seen Luan. One four-by-eight sheet of Luan costs 30 bucks right now. That's ridiculous. Like, you should be able to get that for like a nickel, right? I mean, honestly, it's just, but that's what it is. You say, what are you, I, you just got to pay for it. Uh, you say, that's, that's insane. How come stuff is that expensive? Because it, the money fails. If you got your trust in money, you've got a whole, a whole other issue beyond, beyond anything I can do for you. Uh, you're going to need the Lord to get you out of that mess because the truth is money's going to fail eventually. Uh, that's why silver and gold couldn't obtain your redemption. Uh, you realize silver and gold, that, that's the thing. All the money in the world couldn't buy salvation. You could, you could get, they've got all the money. Pharaoh has all the money in the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan. Nobody else has any money. Pharaoh has all of it. He still wouldn't have enough to buy off God to get him into heaven. There's no price. You know, God is so much better than money. <laughs> the money fails. You know what doesn't fail? He never fails. 
he faileth not. Uh, no matter how much money there is in all the world, you realize that God still holds more. He is so wealthy and so rich that he paves his streets with gold and he builds with gemstones just because he can. It doesn't mean a thing up there. It doesn't mean anything. Instead, you realize that the price of your redemption was the blood of Christ. The precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. Money will fail you, but you realize that God also steps up and says, Don't worry, uh, I've never seen my children beg bread. I'll take care of it. What a wonder it is that no matter how bad anything else gets, God's not worried about you eating. You may worry, but he's not worried. He'll, he'll provide over and over and over and over. That's just what he does. He is always faithful. Uh, when money has gone and everything else seems terrible, God says, don't worry, uh, I've still got some. I've got plenty. I'll just reach back here and just toss it back over to you. It's no big deal. Uh, it but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He's got all the riches. There's no need to worry about if the money fails. He's got it. He's got it all taken care of. He paid for your redemption. He pays for your eternal life. But he also goes ahead and takes care of all the things in this life. You don't have to worry about that either. What a wonder it is. He never fails. I look over at, uh, look over at Job chapter, four, uh, chapter 19. I'm sorry. Job chapter 19. What are, you, what are you worried about? Well, you don't have to worry about anything with the Lord. You got the Lord there. That's why he, he reminds us that he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, there's nothing to worry about. We get worried and we get, we get fretful and we get you know, concerned and we get whatever word you want to try and slide in there to make yourself feel better, but we get afraid. That's what it is. Uh, we get afraid that we're not going to have it or we're not going to be able to do it or we're, you know, this or that. And it, it all just piles into our brain. And then God says, I'm, I'm enough. I'm sufficient. I'm more than sufficient. I'll take care of it. He hasn't missed yet. Why? Because he faileth not. He just, he doesn't, he just doesn't know how to miss. <laughs> he just, he just doesn't know how to do it wrong. And you get to Job chapter 19 and, excuse me, Job's here and of course he is, he's vexed, you know, by all of his friends and all of his acquaintances and everything else. And so he says in verse number 14, my kinsfolk have failed and my familiar friends have forgotten me. Uh, you realize that uh, friends and family, they'll fail eventually. They'll fail you. They won't come through. Uh, they, they just, they'll, they'll come up short. Uh, you realize uh, back in the passage where we started there in, in Zephaniah, uh, the, the princes have failed. <laughs> all, all, the, all the government leadership is gone, right? Uh, the prophets, all the religious leadership, they've failed. And uh, the people have all failed. They're all in a polluted, awful, terrible mess and filth themselves. And so everybody's failed, right? And now you look around and you go, well, everybody's failing, Everybody's given up. Everybody's quit. Everybody's, we get like that, right? Where I'm, we're the Elijah syndrome, right? I, even I only am left and they seek my life, right? I mean, it's all, it's all terrible. Nobody, nobody's there for me. You know, woe is me. Pity party time, right? Well, here's Job. Pity party time. I accept that if he would, you know, have been able to read Psalm chapter 27, he'd have gotten down there about verse number 10, right? 
when, my fa when thy father and thy mother forsake thee, the Lord will take thee up. <laughs> oh, you mean when everybody else has missed, everybody else has failed, there's a God in heaven who doesn't? Well, absolutely. Uh, friends, we, look, we're, not, we're human. <laughs> we're failures. I will not be perfect, and neither are you. <laughs> Right? We, we miss. We hope to get something done or we hope to help somebody or we hope to do this or we hope to be a blessing or we hope to be a... And then we, we miss. <laughs> okay. Well, we all miss. And what a wonder it is that God can go ahead and say, don't worry, I never miss. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Uh, I, will be, I will be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I'll be the one, no matter what happens... No matter what happens, no matter who walks away, no matter who else has failed you, no matter who else has really messed it all up, no matter if it's the closest friend or the closest relative or the closest, makes no difference. He goes, you know what? They can fail. They're human. <laughs> they can fail, but I've never failed. I've never failed to be there. I've never failed to meet you. I've never failed to be there in your hour of need. I've never failed when you've sat there in tears at night and joy comes in the morning. I've been there. He goes, I, I, I'm there with you. All the way. You say, well, yeah, but so-and-so, okay. <laughs> but not him. But not him. Whew. Look over at Psalm 71. I'm not going to preach long. I'm just excitable. All right. Psalm 71. These are so simple. You know what? I want to flip these. Don't go there. Go to Psalm, 100 and, Psalm 143. I'm changing my message on the fly. All right. Psalm 143. Say, can you do that? I've got scribbles all over all of my messages. Don't worry. Uh, there's always arrows. There's got to be arrows. Otherwise, it's a final draft and you've never seen, you know. Uh, Psalm 143, verse number 7. I'll back up. Verse number 1, notice what he's going through. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In thy faithfulness, answer me. And in thy righteousness, and enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He hath smitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all thy works. I muse on the works of the work of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. Selah. Hear me speedily, O Lord. My spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. 
Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake. For thy righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble. And of thy mercy, cut off mine enemies and destroy all them that afflict my soul, for I am thy servant. When my spirit faileth, he still doesn't fail me. We get, we, we get down and out, don't we, real quick. I mean, it's, it, when the money fails and the friends fail and the family fails and everybody's failing around us and we feel like, and we just, we're just, mm, right? We're, we all know that feeling. Uh, I don't know anybody alive, if you've been alive for any length of time, that hasn't felt like that right there. Just, mm, I'm just, uh, I'm done. <laughs> I, I'm done. I don't know what else, I'm done. And he says, yeah, but Lord, could you quicken me? Could you bring me back to life? I feel like I'm dying here. <laughs> he says, yeah, I can quicken you. I can pick you up. I can go ahead and lift your spirits back up. I can go ahead, right? He's the one who comforteth us in all our tribulation. He's the one who reaches down and takes care of our need. He's the one who can go ahead and console us. He's the one who giveth grace for the trials and mercy at times. He's the one who decides whether we get mercy or whether he just looks at us and says, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore will I gladly glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He's the one who looks down and decides whether you get grace and mercy or whether or not you just you know have to go ahead and get pulled right out of the pit, and he just sets you over there and says, don't worry, everything's fine. He's the one who steps out on the bow of the ship and says, peace be still, or he's the one who says, don't worry, we're going to ride it out, and you might have to come in on broken pieces of the ship, but you'll get home. It'll be fine. Nothing to worry about. He's the one who goes ahead, and you know what? He never seems to be able to fail, even when my spirit is failing. Even when I'm cast down, <laughs> how art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the health of my countenance and my God. It's who he is. And we look at him and we, you, you wonder, well, what could, ever, what could ever bring me back up? I mean, I feel so down and so discouraged and so... Then look up. <laughs> then look up. You know, you realize he looks at, at the nation of Israel and he says... Uh, he says, look to the hills from whence cometh thy help. Thy help cometh from the Lord. <laughs> we get looking down and we look around and we go, well, you know, uh, uh, the money's failed and the friends have failed and all the other things are failing and I'm discouraged and I'm down. Okay, quit looking down. <laughs> Most of our problem is that we stay looking down. And we don't look to the only person who can go ahead and lift our spirits back up and pick us back up and let us realize that He is a wonderful God and can do whatever is necessary to go ahead and take care of the problem. And He'll take care of the problem whenever He wants to. The wonder is that He can take care of the problem now if He wants to, or He can wait. We don't like the waiting. We don't like the waiting, but He knows what He's doing. The resignation of that he knows what he's doing is our part. We go, okay, well, God knows what he's got going on here. I'm just going to have to wait, but I know he's got it. I can trust. That raises the level of your spirits immediately when you understand it's not your problem. You realize that most of the problems that you deal with are not really your problems. 
The things that bring you down and discourage you more than anything else are problems that are completely out of your control. Health problems. Who's in control of that? Is there anything you can do to make that change? Not really. I mean, if the doctor told you to do something, you're not doing it. You may want to try that, right? But the truth is, you're not. I mean, we had an entire prayer list of people. I mean, person after person after person dealing with different health problems and different issues and different things. And we're praying for these people that they would be healed and that the Lord would do something because ultimately I can't walk over there and do anything. What can I do? I can't do anything personally. All I can do is ask the one who could do anything to do something. You see, our spirits are down because we get worried about all the things we can't do anything about. I can't do anything about it. I can pray about it. But outside of that, I, physically, I can't go and put my hands on it and wrestle it down to the ground and beat it up and take it and go ahead. And I can't win. And we get discouraged. And the Lord says, that's because you're not looking at the one who can change everything. You've got to stay looking at him. Otherwise, your spirit, gets, your spirit will fail. You will get discouraged. Let's face it, Zephaniah, you're looking at, a, at an entire place where the country is lousy. The people leading the country are lousy. The, the religious leaders are lousy. Everybody's lousy. Everybody's failed. Everything's going wrong. And the Lord says, don't worry. My judgments are still coming in the morning. You can still meet with me. You can still meet with me and know what I have to say about it. And that'll lead you in the way you're supposed to go because I don't fail. It's amazing. What a wonder. Okay, Psalm 71. Psalm 71. Excuse me. Psalm 71. Verse number one. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holden up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day cast me not off in the time of old age forsake me not when my strength faileth for mine enemies speak against me and they that wait that lay wait for my soul take counsel together and so on they're going to talk poorly about God here and I'm not going to do that right now Uh, and so here they are you say what's the problem when my strength faileth he says in verse number Forsake, verse number nine, forsake me not when my strength faileth. You ever feel like you got everything under control? (laughs) Like your strength is enough 
That's, that's us so, that's humanity right there, isn't it? It is the, I've got it, I've got it all under control until I don't have it under control, and then I'll ask God to get it under control for me so that I can take it back under my control, right? Am I the only one who thinks that, <laughs> right, right? I, I got it all, in, I got it, I, it's, I got it, and then it's, I don't got it, Lord, what do I do, right? And then, oh, no, I got it again, thank you, that was fine, I can, and he's like, why don't you just leave it with me? And we're like, because I like to have control, well, that's, uh, <sighs> and you notice that your strength fails often. He goes through this whole passage and he's talking about how the Lord is his refuge and his strength and his height and his tower and his fortress and his rock. I think high tower was in there. I don't remember for sure. And he's down and he's talking about strong habitation. There it is. Uh, and he's his rock and his fortress. And often, you know what we do? We go out of those places in our own strength to deal with whatever we're dealing with. And then we have to turn around and run back. Because we got ourselves in trouble outside of where he wanted to protect us from. Because our strength isn't enough. I am all about if I can hit it harder and make it go, it will go. That's just, that's the men mentality. Grab, what do you need? I just need a bigger hammer. Just give me, if I, if I get a bigger hammer, I will hit it harder and we can just, it'll be fine. We got this. I've worked on plenty of vehicles with Dave Ockmody. That's the policy, right? I mean, just grab a bigger hammer. It will come off. It's fine. We got this. And that's all that you do. Brother Bacon and I have been working. We've worked together on a lot of projects. Just He's smart enough to put a board in between so that he doesn't break whatever it is he's hitting. But other than that, we grab a hammer. That's what we've been doing. Just hit it. It's fine. Just It'll move. And oftentimes we do that with our problems in life. We look around and we go, well, I'll just grab a bigger hammer. I'll swing hard enough. I'll fight hard enough. I'll be able to. And sometimes it's literally that the Lord is just resisting the proud and giving grace to the humble. And he's resisting and you're swinging and he's going, I need you to trust my strength instead of your strength. I need you to trust that I am enough and you are not. <laughs> I need you to remember that he must increase and you're supposed to decrease. I, I need, because he's sufficient. We fail over and over. Our strength fails, our mentality fails, our great logic comes up short and we mess it up. And over and over again, we just, we fail. We fail to do the right thing. We fail to do the best thing. We fail to have the right mindset. We fail to do... It's us. We're just, it's who we are. And he says, but if you would trust in my strength, if you would resign to the fact that I know what I'm doing, if you would resign to what I have to say and go back to my judgments in the morning and find out what you're supposed to do with that, then we could go ahead and fix it. But you choose to go ahead and walk out of the fortress do your own thing for a minute and then realize it was better back in the fortress on the rock that is supposed to be helping me stand. Because he never fails. I fail a lot. I fail me a lot. I fail him even more. 
but he has never failed. You realize the abundance, the abundance of wealth, the abundance of comfort in loved ones, the abundance of the boldness of your spirit, the abundance of your strength is never enough compared to what God could give you every single time. Because all those things fail. The money fails. The loved ones fail. Your spirit will fail. And your strength will certainly fail. But he never fails. He never comes up short. He never doesn't meet a deadline. He's I mean, he is right there. And for the Christian, he's always right there. So you know what? You can't count on me. <laughs> I'm not 100%. My record is tainted. But his isn't. And you can always count on him. So let's do that. Lord, I thank you for the night. I pray you would just bless us as we go. I thank you that you're a wonderful God. I'm glad you never fail. And I'm sorry that I fail so often. Lord, I do pray you would keep us safe as we go. And Lord, bring us back again this weekend. I pray everything, Father, would be done to your praise, Father, especially with the caroling and the play and everything we have going on that Lord, everything would work out to your glory. We'd see some souls saved because of the work. Lord, we love you. Pray you'd come back in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good night. God bless. We'll see you all.